people making holiday with bag and sack and basket, great and small, went nutting to the Hazels. Philip stayed, his father lying sick and needing him, an hour behind. But as he climbed the hill, just where the prone edge of the wood began to feather toward the hollow, saw the pair. Enoch and Annie, sitting hand in hand. His large grey eyes and weather-beaten face, all kindled by a still and sacred fire that burned as on an altar. Philip looked, and in their eyes and faces, read his doom. Then, as their faces drew together, groaned, and slipped aside, and like a wounded life, crept down into the hollows of the wood. There, while the rest were loud in merrymaking, had his dark hour unseen. And rose and passed, bearing a lifelong hunger in his heart. So these were wed, and Melody rang the bells, and Melody rang the years, seven happy years, seven happy years of health and competence, and mutual love and honourable toil, with children, first a daughter. In him woke, with his first babe's first cry, the noble wish to save all earnings to the uttermost, and give his child a better bringing up than his had been, or hers. A wish renewed when, two years after, came a boy to be the rosy idol of her solitudes, while Enoch was abroad on wrathful seas or often journeying landward. For in truth, Enoch's white horse and Enoch's ocean spoil and ocean-smelling osier and his face rough-reddened with a thousand winter gales, not only to the market cross were known, but in the leafy lanes behind the downs. Far as the portal-warding lion whelped and peacock yew tree of the lonely hall, whose Friday fair was Enoch's ministering. 